right, Degenerates, we are here again. We're going to give you your rookie preview. The guys that you can get in the back half of your fantasy rookie drafts and dynasty. Uh, guys that we're interested to see where they land in the NFL draft. I am joined by the dynasty expert himself, Mr. Steven Sampson. How you doing nice, Steve? Good, Brian. What's up, Degenerates? We're uh, right in the thick of pre-draft rankings on all of our rookies. You should have most of your startups done or, or in the process of doing them, getting ready for the rookie draft. How, uh, how are you guys doing tonight? Excellent, excellent. Uh, we are joined by the commissioner himself, Mr. Eric DeFusco. How are you doing tonight, Eric? I'm doing great, man. Just plugging away at this super flex draft we are in the middle of. Uh, like my team makeup so far. Mm. Always um, drafting. We're always getting yeah. out more. I got, um, you know, I got some good value on Keenan Allen in the sixth. Yeah, I definitely like the way this team's shaking out better than the listener league. <laughs> so, uh, I think first off, we we got uh, the people waiting. So we're gonna have to start with a little mailbag. The mailbag. So we uh, received a question from uh, Schmitty, who is in our listener league. He says that he accidentally selected Sam Darnold in the listener league, and he would have rather had Jalen Hurts or Aaron Rodgers. He was asking what he think, what we think the Darnold value was, because that was pre-trade. Um, we got another question from Ben. He was a guest on the show last week. Thanks again. He says, hey, fellas, need some reactions to this Darnold deal. I think it's great value for the Panthers. What do the Panthers do with Teddy? And will the Matt Rule and Joe Brady offense help Sam the way it helped Robbie? So obviously we all know Sam Darnold was traded for basically a second and a fourth round pick next year. They got a sixth this year as a throw-in. And now he is a Carolina Panther. He reunited with Robbie Anderson. He has DJ Moore. He has Christian McCaffrey. Uh, you can't ask for a whole lot. You can't ask to be surrounded by more offensive talent than that, right? So... um what do you guys think his value is in Carolina? So, if Sam Donald can't succeed in Carolina, I don't even know what to say. With that team that he has around him, they have a decent O-line. It's like middle of the pack. It's not. It's better than what he's used to in New York, at least. Um, like you've already touched on, he has two good weapons on the outside, Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore. Um, who knows what they're going to do in the draft, too. I wonder if they're going to look to add another weapon. And he has arguably the best dual threat running back in the game. If he cannot succeed in this in this offense, he is a bust. One hundred percent a bust. Yeah, I agree. it's not even up for debate. And me personally, I'm not a big Sam Donald guy. I don't think he's that good. I think he's slightly better than Teddy Bridgewater. I don't even think that the the gap is that wide. Um, I I think the potential of Sam Donald versus Teddy, like like, it's Sam Donald because he's he he can actually push the ball downfield. It's just with Sam, man, I've watched so many games with him. He'll make a play or two that, like, wows you, but then he makes, like, four or five that make you go, dude, what are you doing, dude? <laughs> he has very poor mechanics. He has very poor footwork. He throws off his back foot a ton. He makes poor decisions. Countlessly, the same mistakes. He sails the ball. He underthrows. So I went back, and I watched some, some, some tape on Robbie and Sam to see how their connection was. I saw at least seven plays where Robbie Anderson had three yards of separation downfield and he completely underthrew him by 10 yards. Like, mm -hmm. you, 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 can't, you can't do that in the NFL. You, you can't. you got to make that throw. Like, he's, I don't know. 
he's got a very big following of people who are big believers in Sam Donald. I am personally not one of them. And I, I don't know how great the I don't know how great he's gonna be in Carolina. Plus that division's pretty stacked. They got the Bucks, they got the Saints. Definitely better than Carolina. You can argue Carolina and Atlanta. You know, they might be battling for fourth place, but mm-hmm. I I'm pessimist on the pessimistic spectrum with Sam Donald. I don't expect it to be great. But when you got Teddy Bridgewater, who Let's be honest, Teddy Bridgewater is pretty much, he's a backup. He, he's not a starter. He, he's not a guy you want leading, you, you know, leading the helm. And I guess in Carolina's situation where they're picking, you know, knowing that there's going to be three quarterbacks, boom, 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 back to back to back in the draft, they were probably like, you know what? Sam didn't really cost much. They said, let's just roll the dice with Sam Donald. So I can't really blame him. So, uh, Steve, you are the dynasty expert. I mean, you tell me if you're if you're drafting today, do you take Darnold over Jalen Hurts, who possibly has more upside? Do you take him over Aaron Rodgers, who's significantly younger than? And I what don't. Do you, and what do you think about the Robbie Anderson, Sam Darnold reuniting? Uh, if you happen to have those players on your team, so I don't take him. I don't take him over Rodgers, even though he is younger. Um, Rodgers is Rodgers. He's, he's kind of like taking Tom Brady in, in your dynasty draft. You're still going to draft him high, even though you're only going to get one or two seasons out of him because of the, the caliber of player that he is. Um, Hertz, I, I'm not very high on Hertz, but I think he, I think I still rank him a little bit higher than Darnold, but only one or two spots. I think Darnold going to Carolina is good for Darnold. Like Eric says, it's still Sam Darnold, but I think he has an opportunity to to show why he was a first-round pick, and I think having Robbie Anderson there is going to help him a little bit. I do think he moves from like the quarterback 29, 28-ish range up to 19 or 20 in your dynasty ranking. So he's still somebody to look at ahead of you know Drew Locke, some of the guys that really underwhelm, and and you don't want to put him in your lineup. I, I might even put him ahead of Baker, depending on how the uh, the first couple of games go. And what do you think about the Robbie Anderson connection? I like it. I mean, they have a rapport. Like Eric said, he he has in the past underthrown him. Um, I think that that could partly be because of the offense in New York. I think if he has a little bit more protection, he's not rushed all the time with his throws, that he'll get better timing with him and, and better chemistry between him and Robbie and then as well as him and DJ Moore. Yeah, see, I, I don't agree. I, I They were trash for three straight years together. Granted, one of those years he was in the gase hole, but uh, yeah, I mean, Robbie Anderson, he was just, uh, I'm sorry, it was two years, one year with gase, one year without gase, and they just, they, man, they just never seemed like they were on the same page. I don't have much faith. I, I mean, I don't think it hurts to be reunited with Robbie Anderson. I think Robbie Anderson's not going to be as good as people think. When the two of them were together, I'm not sure he ever finished higher than like wide receiver 40 in those, in those two years. Um, Yeah, I just... The more I look at it, the more I, I hate it. So that's uh, pretty much going to wrap up the mailbag. Why don't we get into our uh, later rookies during our Rookie Watch Part 1. The Rookie Watch. You know, we're, we're looking at uh, players that we think are probably going to go towards the back of rookie drafts in Dynasty, you know, four-round leagues. So you're looking at round three, round four, maybe the back end of round two. Some guys will climb just because of position scarcity and where they land and stuff like that. But, you know, this is how we assess their talent, not knowing where they're going to land. So, Steve, uh, who were you looking at at uh, quarterback? 
So my later round quarterback that I like is uh, Davis Mills out of Stanford. He's a bit inexperienced and he does make bad decisions, but he's very smart with picking up different schemes and he has a pretty good arm. Uh, he does have to work on his accuracy and decision making. Uh, I would think for a year or two behind a veteran quarterback just to basically learn how to play in the NFL and get a little bit better with his mechanics and things like that. Uh, he has a statue in the pocket and he definitely needs to work on moving around because he's going to get killed if he just stands there and, and takes hits. I think if he ends up in the right place and, and they groom him for a couple of years that he can be a starter, but I think more likely than not, he's going to end up being probably a, a, a career backup with some starting nods for, for half a season here and there. Some of the good fits that he's going to have, I would think, uh, would be teams like Pittsburgh, Atlanta, uh, maybe Detroit, Chicago, if they'll keep Dalton for a couple of years just to groom a guy. But uh, I think more likely Pittsburgh, Atlanta, and Detroit, where they already have an established quarterback that you could figure that's probably going to be there for another two or three years, and then this kid can learn behind those guys. You think Roethlisberger is going to be there two or three years? I think two. I, I, I don't I think, think he's going to be good. But I think he's going to be there for two. <laughs> I think this is it. <laughs> um, that's the and that's, and that's the possible. Only, but and that's it, the only reason I would rule him out of Pittsburgh because I think Pittsburgh's looking for somebody that they might be able to start next year. Somebody like a Kyle Trask, somebody like a Kellen Mond that is you know could definitely use some development, still raw, but maybe next year is ready to go. I think, like you said, I think Davis Mills is a career backup. Yeah, I just I don't see any upside he doesn't process the game very quickly he is i mean he's tough he'll take the hits he doesn't get pressured by blitzes uh he'll sit he'll he'll sit, he'll throw the ball he'll take the hit uh he's not afraid to get hit he's a guy he's Derek carr if he gets in the right spot and he gets a coach that likes him and he's able to learn he can be a starter he's just i don't expect him to ever be a a really good nfl quarterback um serviceable and keep your offense moving, but it's really going to depend on where he lands. But he doesn't have a huge amount of upside. Correct. Uh, yeah, I, I would agree with that assessment. You know, I mean, he's got the size. He's got a little bit of athleticism, not a hell of a lot. Uh, like you said, he's pretty. He's on the slower side. I wouldn't say he's pretty slow. He's he's on the slower side of things. He ran a four eight two forty. Yeah, he did. Yeah, which I mean, for a quarterback, it's like <laughs> he's slow. Not terrible you can't sell a quarterback. it. This quarterback in this day and age, he's not that good. I mean, he's, he's what, uh, 6'3", with like 215 pounds. And yes. So he just he, he doesn't scramble a lot. He he kind of looks like Brady in the backfield when, when Brady's trying to run. So, But, I mean, if he gets his mechanics going, and like I said, if he gets on a team that, that really moves the offense around him, he might be a guy that surprises us and, and ends up with a decent career. Yeah. So who do you have, Brian? So uh, I, I think a guy that you can take later – kind of hold on to is Kyle Trask from Florida at times he goes through his progressions well but uh he could he could definitely get his eyes locked on his first look as well I haven't really seen a lot of that in his scouting reports but when I watched the tape I saw a lot of it uh he definitely kind of stares down his first look receiver and if he's covered he'll move off of him he'll still go through his progressions but in the NFL you're begging for that safety to come over and steal that ball if you're going to stare down your first look like that you can't do it he has great presence in the pocket uh, he stands up in the face of pressure. He can make all the throws. He has a little bit of a weaker arm. He does struggle down deep a little bit. He has great presence in the pocket and stands in the face of pressure to make his throws. He has great field vision. And he makes throws with timing and anticipation. 
Uh, he throws his receivers open. He sets them up for yards after the catch. This guy's awesome, man. You know, uh, basically the biggest knock on him is that he, I mean, dude, you think Davis Mills is a fucking statue? This guy ran a 5-1-40. Okay, he is Tom Brady slow. I mean, he, there is no athleticism whatsoever. Forget it, dude. He doesn't even have wheels. Never mind bad wheels. He's got nothing. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, he is a slow, which seems to be the biggest knock on him, which I don't mind. Like, I don't fucking care if my quarterback cannot run. It's a nice little thing to have, but like, one of the, the, the slowest quarterback in the league just won the fucking Super Bowl. Like, can we stop pretending it's necessary? You know, uh, I don't get it, but I think Trask will go somewhere where he sits down, maybe develops for a year, just because of the arm strength, which isn't great. I think that he would best fit somewhere that wants to run that short game stuff. Uh, New England comes to mind. Uh, Chicago comes to mind. Pittsburgh comes to mind. Uh, not that they're afraid to huck it deep, but they, they're innovative enough and they have enough weapons they could run a short wide uh, a short passing game if they needed to so one of the things i see with trask is is uh he's extremely inconsistent um inside 10 yards and you like you say he he is a statue as well he doesn't scramble which is he's going to need to be in a spot that has a good offensive line with good pass protectors and gives him time to throw the ball uh, i think you're looking for an offense with him probably a west coast type of offense that's going to cater to him at the 10 plus yard range with receivers that can do crossing patterns um, guys that can get separation on the outside he, he does have a good arm not as good as some of the top yeah, he guys he doesn't have class, a cannon but he, he does not have a cannon but it, it's serviceable and he is fairly accurate um, on the, uh, the the 10 plus and 20 plus yard passes so I don't uh, I don't hate Trask at all I, I think he's a pretty good prospect that with a, a year behind behind a decent mentor in an offense that's going to be able to protect him. I think they can make him into a pretty good uh, long-term quarterback. Uh, he's got a lot of uh got a lot of talent. I mean, like I said, it just bugs me that like the, the well, he's not he's not he's not very athletic. Well, he can't run very fast. It's like, well, the quarterback doesn't have to run. No, he just know? has to be able to move in the pocket, which he can do. It's a nice little piece to have, but it's not essential. You know, he's not a fucking he's not a running back, he's not a wide receiver. You know, 5-1 yeah. is just fine. The biggest, he, he, the, six the five, biggest drawback, thirty-six pounds. Yeah, no, he's a big kid. Um, he he would fit in perfect in Pittsburgh, backing mm -hmm. up Roethlisberger and taking over for him. The the biggest drawback I see for Trask coming out of college is going to be that he does not have Kyle Pitts to throw to. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, the, I mean that's hurt that's a pretty that's a pretty good security blanket. Oh, absolutely. So what's uh we actually we got disconnected from Eric, so we're just gonna keep moving. We're gonna give you guys the best episode we can. Um, Steve, who do you have for your uh, running back? So for my running back, I took Chris Evans out of Michigan. Evans is 5'11", 211 pounds, and I think he's going to be a day three guy. He's got great hands. Uh, he's got a low center of gravity. He looked really good his first year at college. I think it was 2016 as a freshman, but he, he's really declined since then, which is odd. And then he had the entire 2019 season off for academic reasons. Dumb, dumb. <laughs> and, uh, he came back last year. He was a little underwhelming, but overall, he still ended college with a, with uh, just over five yards per carry average in four seasons in Michigan. But he's he's a natural patch catcher. I mean, he really has good hands, 
And I think at the NFL level, with offenses going the way they're going, with a lot of teams, that uh, th- that's a big advantage that he's going to have. And, and hopefully he can wow a team uh, at his pro day that uh, really helps him get drafted. And I think there's a lot of upside to this kid if somebody gives him the opportunity. And I think at some point, he might actually be able to earn a three-down roll depending on where he goes. Some of the offenses I like him in would be like New England, San Francisco, maybe Arizona, or even Pittsburgh, places that they would use him. And Pittsburgh, not so much because they really only want a one-down back, but the other three use a committee. And with his pass-catching upside, I think he could fit right into those schemes. So, I mean, let me ask you, though, like, he's not really agile. He doesn't have top-end speed. Like, are you worried about his elusiveness at the next level? I'm not because he actually is he, – he's better when he's running than than uh, his stats and everything would, would show. He's better in pads? Yeah, he is much better in pads. And like I said, he's got a low center of gravity. He takes hits. He doesn't go down right away. But like I said, he does have great hands. And once he gets in space – uh, he can he can make some moves and and get through some of the corners and, and get some yards after catch. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I said, he's a day three day three draft in the NFL, so he's going to be a fourth or fifth round pick, uh, maybe a late third, depending on the running back landscape in in dyna, uh, in fantasy. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's nothing wrong with four or five. I I thought he looked slower than that um, personally, but yeah, he's just a it's just his size. I mean, yeah. Yeah, he is a big motherfucker for a running back. Yeah. No, he's for, not. For this class, I mean, he's he's average, 5'11", 5'11" 211. But yeah. for this class, there's a ton of guys that are like 5'7", five, 5'8". Five, yeah, that's true. You that's know? True. So he, he's big for this class. Yeah. Speaking of which, <laughs> uh, my running back is Kenny Gainwell, 5'8", 201, <laughs> out of Memphis. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the very first knock I have on him, the very first thing I wrote down, he is small. Like you said, you know, this is a, this is a pretty small running back class. He is fast. He has great acceleration, good long speed, good field vision, very elusive in the open field. He has cutting ability at the line. He's a very good route runner. He's a very decisive runner. He has great hands, but man, he's small. That's small for a running back. And it's like, are you going to run into one of these guys that just can't stay healthy and can't stay on the field? And yeah, the comp that I've seen for him is uh, Theo Riddick. So I think that answers your questions. <laughs> he's a small guy. He's going to be hurt a lot, but he's got great hands. I mean, I, personally, I, I looked at him and I kind of thought more like Reggie Bush. I think he's that electric. And yeah. I think he could have that role where he does get some running work, but he's primarily a pass catcher, you know? No, Theo I, Riddick I would agree was like that. exclusively a pass catcher. He, he, could just, he was so small he couldn't get to the line, you know? Yeah, and he does break tackles. Uh, that's one thing. He's he's small, but he does break tackles, and he is uh, he's extremely athletic. So mm-hmm. I, I do like the kid. I think he's another. He's going to go probably day two. Um, I would say middle of day two, and uh, I think, like you say, he could have. He's going to be a good pass catcher, uh, but I think he can have a role with some change of pace work on the ground as well. Yeah, definitely. You know, I mean, he is fast. He ran a four four two forty. Uh, the rest of his uh, stats were not available, so I'm assuming he did not do a three-cone broad jump or vertical. Uh, if he did, I couldn't find the results. Uh, it sucks not having a fucking combine, dude. It makes this so much harder. Yeah. Like, not only, like, so with the combine, not only all their results in one place, but you get to watch them perform these drills right next to their peers. 
So it's not just in a bubble. He Oh, he ran the three cone in this amount of time. If you sit down and you watch them back to back like that, then you say, well, he did better than him or he did better than him. It's not just looking at the number and saying, all right, well, this is what that number means. You know, it's definitely a much harder evaluation this year for me. You know how much I love the combine. Oh, I believe me, I do, too, because I had to go find all this data on my own. And yeah, <laughs> it's. And then trying to, to verify accuracies, and, and you're not getting official 40 results and stuff like that. It, it, it's extremely tough. Yeah. So I went to Pro Football Reference, and all they had listed was his 40 time. They didn't have anything for the bench, the broad, the shuttle, the three cone, none of it. Kenneth Gainwell, 4-4-2, and looks like 21 reps on the bench press. Okay. But that's no all three cone? Nope. That's all I got. So that's disappointing because the three cone to me is very important for running backs. The yeah. change of direction, the you know, I know it's more of a defensive drill, but I want I want my running backs to run it and I want them to do well. No, I like I like seeing the running backs and the wide receivers doing it because it's change of direction. I mean, yeah, it's how it's how you're gonna do in space. It's how you're gonna do when a defender's coming down on you. So it, yeah. I think it's important. Brian, who do you have at wide receiver this time? So I mean, my first uh, back end wide receiver, he's somebody I just can't really figure out. Um, this is somebody that I'm not super high on because I, I'm a work ethic guy, you know. I'm going to talk about Amon Ra St. Brown. He's the brother of uh, Equidorius St. Brown. Is that correct? Green Equ- Bay? Equinamius or whatever, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Aquarius, whatever. I don't know. Yeah. I can't say it. <laughs> sorry, dude. And, and also Osiris St. Brown, who's still in college. So he went to USC. He's easily one of the best route runners in the draft. Um, he gets in and out of breaks quickly. He stays low on his exits. Uh, he has great hands, excellent hand-eye coordination. Uh, he stays in bounds. He can fight for yardage. The problem is he didn't improve from 2019 to 2020. Effort was a problem in 2020. He clearly possesses number one ability. And it's pretty obvious that he heard some of the noise in 2019 and he came into 2020 thinking, well, you know, my shit don't stink and I don't have to work that hard for this. I'm going to get drafted in the first round. I'm going to be a number one wide receiver because I'm just that fucking good. And uh, I hate that attitude. I fucking hate it. You know, I want the first guy in the building, the last guy out, you know, all those cliches. Like, that's what I want. I, I want those things. There's a reason why it gets brought up a lot when it's true. It's because it's important. To have a guy that wants to work hard to be better. I watch tape and I see Amon Ra St. Brown struggling to get, you know, running his routes very lazily in 2020. He wasn't great this year. In 2019, he was crisp. He was precise. 2020, he wouldn't block, man. Like, they'd, they'd call a fucking running play and this douche would just step in front of the defender. He wouldn't even put his fucking arms up. And it's like, dude, come on, do your job, man, you know? That running back's trying to get drafted, too, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I think that that attitude drops Amon Ra from a first-round talent. Probably would have been a first-rounder in the, in the NFL draft. He's going to fall. Uh, I think an ideal landing spot would be the Saints. He can kind of be tutored by Michael Thomas. You know, Sean Payton's a hard ass. He's not going to put up with that crap. Um, so let me ask you, uh, Stephen. You know, he is a little bit on the smaller side, only 5'11", and he only ran a 4'5", which is not great for a wide receiver. It doesn't really kill him, but, I mean, what do you, what do you think about him athletically on top of his work ethic? I think I think he's talented. Um, I think the biggest thing is his work ethic. It, he, he didn't have anything that blew anybody away at his pro day. Um, 
like you said, four, five, one, forty. Uh, he did twenty reps on the bench. Three cone was what six eighty eight, six point eight eight. I mean, n- nothing, nothing overwhelming there at all. His, his work ethic is a huge, huge demerit in today's NFL. I mean, if you're going to give up on plays and you're not going to give it all, you're all in practice. You might get drafted, but you're not going to stay on a team for very long. And lazy players are, are going on the wayside. People, you can see them getting traded every day, or or they just don't get signed in free agency when their contracts are up. Mm-hmm. So I, I think I think there's talent there. Uh, just like I think there was talent there with his brother, but some for some reason he hasn't worked out, and, and I'm afraid that the same thing's going to happen with this kid. Yeah. I, I just don't, I don't know. I don't get a warm fuzzy that, that he really wants to succeed at an NFL level. That that's probably the most I can take away from watching him at his pro day, watching him play last year. So maybe maybe we're both going to be wrong, but I don't think so. When we agree, it's yeah. almost always 100 percent right. So, I mean, and that's my thing, right? It's like, it's really up to him. If he wants to put the fucking work in and go out there and be better and try, I don't think there's anything that's keeping him from being a first-round talent. I I mean, you know, I'm telling you, I've watched the 2019 tape, and I see a first-round wide receiver. I watched the 2020 tape, and I see a fringe guy. Yeah. And it's up to him. You know, there's nothing anybody else can do about it. So, we'll see what he wants to do. Who did you have at wide receiver? So, my wide receiver is... uh... Nico Collins, also out of Michigan. That was not planned, but I, when I picked the two guys I picked, it ended up they came from the same college last year. <laughs> so Collins is a big wide receiver. He's a big outside wide receiver. He's 6'4", 215. Um, he didn't play in 2020. He opted out, which a lot of guys did. Uh, I think it did hurt his draft stock a little bit, and I think it pushed him into probably a, a third or fourth round pick in the, in the NFL draft, maybe even a little bit farther than that. But he did, at his pro day, he ran 4.42, and he's got a 38-inch vertical, so he can go up and get the ball. I think he's probably a year two impact player. Um, like I said, I think the opting out last year really hurt him. But I think he's a guy that uh, could become a solid wide receiver two with wide receiver one upside in fantasy, depending on if he goes to the right team and gets somewhere that he can learn to be a little bit more physical wide receiver. Um, he's got some ability to break tackles. I think Teams that I would like to see him go to would be somewhere like Pittsburgh, uh, Atlanta, Tomento with Julio, Carolina, maybe uh, Houston, or or maybe even Miami, uh, where he wouldn't have to be the, the wide receiver one or wide receiver two in his first year or two, and he can actually get on the field, learn how to play at the NFL level, and, and master his craft, and, and, and play with some good veteran talent. Yeah, I totally get it, man. So, Brian, who did you have for your uh, other wide receiver? So, my next wide receiver is kind of a mystery. I'm taking Rondale Moore, who won the Hall Pointing Award for most of a uh, diverse player. He has struggled with a severe hamstring injury the last two years. Other than that, there is not the sky is the limit for this dude. But the last two years, he cannot stay on the field. Uh, he's going to be a slot receiver. He is fast as all hell. Ran a four two eight forty. Uh, he's only five foot seven, but that's fine for a slot guy. Uh, six six five three cone, forty two point five vertical. I mean, he's a freak. He's a freak athlete. The guy is five foot seven, one hundred and eighty pounds, and he squats over six hundred pounds. That's why he has hamstring problems. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, supposedly, like the only reason he didn't tear his ACL on that play was because. His muscles and his legs were so fucking strong, they basically wouldn't let the ACL tear. <laughs> yeah. 
but yeah, he creates yards after the catch, and that that strength helps him break tackles. He's obviously too small to play outside, even at five seven. Even with all this breakneck speed and all that, he's going to be a slot guy, which is fine. I I love slot guys, and I think the perfect landing spot, and they should be able to get him in round two because of the injury concerns of the NFL draft, is the LA Chargers. Put him out there with Keenan Allen. Hunter Henry's gone. You need another target. So I think if you're trotting out there with Justin Herbert, Keenan Allen, Austin Eckler, and Rondale Moore, I think you're in pretty good shape. And, uh, man, the tape for him, it's like, dude, you just, you watch him play and you're like, wow, this kid is going to be special as long as that hamstring heals, you know? What did you think about Rondale? Um, I like, I like him as well. Again, the injury concern is is a big thing. Um, he, so the thing that I, that I didn't like about him, I mean, he's a good, he's a really good route runner. Unfortunately, he only runs, um, limited amount of routes underneath yeah well they he schemed, definitely needs development in that yeah yeah they schemed him they schemed a lot of his uh production in the offense that he played in in purdue and i think that's mainly because of his size and, and the offense that they were running but i think he has i think he has the athletic ability to overcome a lot of that in the nfl in the right system and and be a productive slot receiver even in his first year if he can stay healthy with a hamstring but a, a lot of a lot of the guys um, that are nagged by hamstring in- injuries are nagged by hamstring in- are nagged by hamstring injuries their entire careers. <laughs> so that's my biggest concern with him being as fast as he is and as small as he is and, and as powerful as his legs are that they may never heal correctly and he may always be hampered by that, which mm-hmm. is really going to limit his value in fantasy as well as uh, at an NFL level. Yeah, and I I totally get that. And that's that's my biggest concern too, you know? I mean, he basically I believe he tore the hamstring. It was in 2019. So he played 4 games in 2019. Basically misses the entire year. He comes back in 20, plays 3 games and re-injures it. And it's like now if I'm an NFL GM, I'm like, shit, am I about to burn my second round pick on a guy that's going to play two, three games a year. It's, it's a scary prospect, but man, the upside is there. And I hear I mean, what you're, I absolutely hear what you're saying about the route running, but I also heard look, it when they said it Will, about DK, you know, <laughs> look at Will Fuller. Will Fuller has had a pretty decent career in the NFL being hurt half the season. Mm-hmm. So the, there are plenty of wide receivers that have that extra talent that are consistently employed because of the the talent that's there when they're on the field. So I think he has that. I just hope that he can improve the amount of time he spends on the field. Well, I mean, if you're going to be somebody like a like a Will Fuller, you got to you got to miss 3 or 4 games a year. You can't play 3 or 4 games a year. <laughs> right. <know? laughs> no, no, I and yeah. I agree with that. But. Yeah. And like you said, you know, typically hamstrings don't go away and that's what scares me the most. Yeah. I mean, look at look at Julio Jones last year, plagued by ha- uh, hamstring injury the entire year, and and it was the year before that, at the end of the season, and he dealt with it all last year, and he's probably going to continue to deal with it a little bit more this year. It, it's it's unfortunate, but it's one of those injuries that uh, that does not go away. It, it doesn't seem to go away for a lot of players. So, uh, did you have a tight end you wanted to give us? Yeah. So my last player that I have is uh, tight end uh, Kalen Granson. In the tight end class this year, there's a huge fall off in talent after the first three. 
guys are either receivers or they're blockers. There, there really isn't any that are both. And th he's this is one of the guys. He, he's a good receiver. Uh, he's undersized. He's only 6'2", uh, like 235 pounds. He's not a great blocker, both in line for pass protection and uh, even moving into the second level in the run game. Uh, he's probably going to be drafted as a hybrid receiver uh, later on day three, a sixth or seventh round pick. Um, but he's going to need to be in a specific scheme to be productive. But of the other like 10 or 12 tight ends that are in this class, arguably he's number four. So yeah. um, it, it's it's really a bad landscape when you when you get out of the top three. But uh, two. He's got <laughs> – no, I mean there, there are three that, that arguably will succeed in the NFL. But yeah. possible fits for this kid could be like maybe Carolina – uh, maybe Jacksonville or the Chargers or, I mean, any team that's really looking for a, a, re, a receiving tight end. I mean, he really, my comp to him is, is probably a poor man's Robert Tanyan. Yeah. You know, he, he's yeah. not going to give you a whole that. lot as a tight end, but he's going to be a, a red zone target. He's got some, got a little bit of speed, burst speed. So. Yeah. I mean, I could definitely see somebody like the Chargers grabbing him uh, i don't think there's any chance in hell that carolina grabs him because i think they're going to take pits at eight and that's possible um, yeah there, there's a lot of teams that could use a, a guy like him as a second tight end just to go out on a yeah, few let plays him develop. And, and catch a ball yeah you know so, even even the the bears that have cole Komet, it's like you could you could still draft this kid and yeah no he'd be another he'd be a good compliment to a guy like Komet. yeah Komet's gonna got, be out you know? on yeah Komet's gonna be on the field 90% of the plays and this kid can come in and spell him on, on passing plays or be on the opposite side of him as mm -hmm. uh, another receiving option. So and maybe he develops as a blocker as well. You know? Yeah, he, he might. A lot of, a lot of tight ends have been able to do that. So he, he might be another one that just needs the, the time put in with good coaching and, and uh, he becomes a good blocker. Yep. I couldn't agree more. So uh, that's pretty much going to wrap up the episode. Sorry. It's a little short. We were supposed to have more players, but Eric, got cut off uh internet's not working what are you gonna do this was the only time we could record so well i mean me and eric could have recorded it without steve but what, what fun is that you know i mean yeah i it, it is what it is um whenever me and more. steve have the choice of cutting eric out we just cut him out <laughs> we just cut him out yeah everybody waits for me everybody waits for brian because he uh he does most of the editing so <laughs> Yeah. So before we wrap up, I have two two quick announcements from from listeners and uh, members of a couple of our leagues. We have uh, the first announcement is a charity um, fantasy football league that's run by About Tree Fitty, one of the commissioners who we just recently did a judgments episode on. He runs a charity league with uh, multiple leagues. He's got uh, twelve team leagues. Uh, last year they they ended up with eighteen leagues total. Um, they raised over $3,000 for a charity called MyStuffBags.org. Um, if anybody's interested in joining one of those leagues, just reach out to us on the show, or you can reach out to me if you play on Sleeper. My ID for Sleeper is at Solinator. The easiest way is, is through the website or uh, the Facebook page, and I can pass the information on to you. It's for a good cause. You can donate whatever you like and uh, get into one of these leagues for fun. And I believe he does do uh, some payouts for the top teams as well, depending on how many teams he gets in. And then the second announcement is for David, a member of our listener league. 
And David runs a new Marvel Fantasy Football Universe League. Uh, that's a theme league, and he's got a bunch of uh, different things set up within the league for Marvel lore and uh, things that go on throughout the season where you can boost your points on your roster. Um, he's got smaller rosters so that there's plenty of players available on the waiver wire. Uh, it's a six, there are 16 team leagues, and if you interested in, in joining a theme league like that or you want more information, you can reach out to us again on the show. Um, you can reach out to David through Sleeper at his ideas at ID Cleric. And yeah, that's, uh, that's what I have for announcements today. So I, uh, I, I talked about it with Steven. I'm not going to be joining this charity league because uh, I kind of already hit my max and we're still going to do a listener redraft league. So uh, I didn't really want to join more leagues, but this is a great cause, guys. Basically, children that either get separated or removed from their parents. Uh, this organization gives them just a, a bag to help them feel better. It's got a, l- a little blanket in it, some stuffed animals, some coloring books, crayons. Just, man, just think about being in their spot. You know, what, what just that little bit of kindness does, you know? And they take donations for stuff as well. You know, you can send them all kinds of different, you know, stuffed animals, blankets, all kinds of crap. And I, I say crap like it's... <laughs> Right. So I suck. You're an <laughs> asshole. I know. And, uh, you know, it's just uh, even if you don't want to join the league, maybe check it out and uh, see if you want to give. I think that's uh, just about going to wrap up the episode. Steven, did you have anything else you wanted to say to the listeners? Nope. Uh, that's it. Uh, get ready for uh, get ready for the NFL draft. A couple oh, more weeks yeah, and we're going to be baby. there. I can't wait, dude. I love draft night. Oh, I wish I could have a draft party this year. I love having people over for the draft. Nobody nobody watches it but me. Like <laughs> Yeah. I, I usually do. Um it's it's like Christmas for me. Yeah. Well, I I mean I, I wish you didn't have work the next day. We we definitely have to get together. Yeah. If you want to get in touch with us, you if you'd like to email us a question, you can do that at dddfantasyfootball@gmail.com. If you would like to leave us a voicemail, you can do so at 508-343-8010. And if you would like to submit anything for judgment, we have our separate feed, the uh, Daydreaming Degenerates Judgment Podcast. We'll judge your mock, we'll judge your draft, we'll judge your league, we'll judge your uh, your redraft, your rookie draft, your trades, whatever you want. Just send it to us, we'll judge it, we'll give you our opinion, and we'll send, we'll send the link back to you in the email to make sure that you get it. And doing any of those things, sending us an email to either account, or leaving us a voicemail, is half of your submission to get entered in the giveaway. If you reach out to us and you share one social media post, you are entered to win a beautiful 16 by 20 photograph signed by Kenny Galladay. And it's a great picture. The cleanest sig in the business, man. I've never seen a bad Kenny Galladay signature. Have you? No, I have not. (laughs) I mean, he takes his time. They're so smooth. Oh, man, I tell you. You can get entered into this for free just by sharing a social media post and reaching out to us. We already have several entries. Somebody's going to win it. It could be you. I've said this before, and I'll say it again, because I've seen it again on my feed, where a friend who happens to listen shared the link to the episode on his Facebook page. Great. We love that. Thank you. But if you do that, you need to screenshot it and send it to us, because I don't don't want anybody that should be included in the giveaway to be left out simply because we didn't see it or we're not Facebook friends. You know, if you do that, you need to let us know one way or another. The easiest thing to do is just to share the Facebook post that has the link to the episode 
already in it. And that way I get notified right away. It says, hey, so-and-so shared a post. Boom, you're entered. No ifs, ands, or buts, right? So we have several entries. We're going to be giving that away. You know what, Steve? Let's bump it up. Let's bump it up. I want to give it away next weekend. And I want I want to contact the winner next weekend before the NFL draft. What do you think? It's bold. Very bold. But I like it. Yeah. Let's we'll, get the submissions in. We'll be announcing our next giveaway. So you have one week, people. One week. Send us an email. Leave us a voicemail. And share a social media post. And you could win this beautiful picture. If you'd like to see the picture, you can go to our website, daydreamingdegenerates.com. It's right there. The the exact photo that I have, it's right there on the main page of the website. And if you look at it and you say, oh, I have to have that, you can send us a question right from the website. So it, it really does simplify it, doesn't it? Yeah, it makes it very easy. It takes about 30 seconds, 40 seconds of your time. And you mm-hmm. get a nice poster to put up on the wall with a, a signature from a, a fantastic wide receiver good NFL player. I don't see what the problem is. Get your entries in. And, and he's an all-around great guy, too. You know, uh, I believe yeah. that he has been uh, Walter Payton Man of the Year finalist, if I'm not mistaken. I believe that's correct. So, I think uh, there's nothing else to really add to this one. So, thank you guys for listening. Please don't forget to get entered in this giveaway. I want somebody to win this fucking thing. And enjoy the draft. Enjoy the draft.